Bill, here we are. We've had our first uh, interview this morning with Xavier, which was really interesting, learning about farming and cattle and chickens. Yeah, and for an eggs, I guess, which is his go. But um, I'll declare now that I'm actually working with Xavier. I didn't, we didn't really want to discuss that in the interview. <laughs> but he, uh, interesting story, he went to his local MP looking for help. And his local MP um, put him on to me, and now I'm mentoring him in his business, and that's exactly the sort of thing that you and I do, of yep. course. That's and it's and it's about. good, and he's and yeah. he's he's a nice young man too. Yeah. So, so this is Bill's idea. Bill Bill said to me, "Oh, he keeps being asked, who's the other person on the end of the microphone?" And I get asked, "What's Bill's background? What's his story?" So we thought we might interview each other. Uh, and Bill's decided he'll start with me, and then down the, down the track we'll we'll interview Bill. So uh, I'll hand back to you, Bill. Who's today's guest? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Well, it's uh, I think this is a bit of fun, and I think it's worthwhile people knowing a bit more about us because we're actually gaining quite a bit of momentum, and particularly in the Geelong region. Yep. And we're building, and deliberately, we're building our own reputation, of course, because. We, uh, what is our business? Our business is a loose arrangement between Mark and I, and we are business advisors and uh, sometimes mentors to business owners. Yeah. And we deal in the, in the, I guess, the market of the, the uh, 5 million to 50 million size family business or privately owned business. But th- the way we started was I actually. St- had an idea during COVID because like everyone else, I was sitting around wondering what the hell I was going to do when all my clients left because they couldn't go anywhere. And I, I did a trial podcast and that trial podcast was just by myself. And I play, I went to a professional studio in Melbourne and did the podcast and played it back and thought, oh my God, that is terrible. <laughs> Right. And so I thought about it and Mark and I have come across each other around Geelong and we've sit on a couple of groups together, uh, business groups and volunteer groups. Judging together? Uh, yeah, judging the Small Business Awards. So I went to Mark and said, listen, I think that probably the two of us might be a good combination to do this podcast because we bounce off each other and we're opposites and we're opposites in, in lots of things and we're... Yet we're similar in in other things. You know, we're opposite politically. I think we're <laughs> and all sorts of little different quirky things. And he's good looking, and I'm ugly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah all that. Right. Well, you've got the beard, and I haven't. <laughs> Although I have lost eight kilos recently, so that that might help. So anyway, we'll start off. Um, so Mark Edmonds, uh, I know you were born in the UK, I believe. Yep, born yeah, in Birmingham. Tell me, tell me about that. So born in Birmingham, and we actually lived in. Um, Scotland for a number of years and um, I then went to school uh, outside London, a place called Chingford and then I remember my parents saying we're off to India. So at the age of about six, I think five or six, found ourselves on a um, 707, Boeing 707, I remember the plane, uh, flying an enormous distance to India to start a life there because my dad was an engineer and that's where his job took him. Good. So where was most of your secondary school? Uh, India. Right. So and t- tell me a bit about the experience of going to secondary school in India. So India, we went to, um, I can't think of the name of the school now, but it was a Jesuit brothers run school. 
I know there was about 1,300 students there and there were three uh, Anglo-Saxon Europeans. There was myself and my younger brother and an English girl and we were it. And when we first got there, wherever we walked, we had about 20 or 30 kids following us because we were this interesting um, red-faced, because it was so hot, um, kids but uh, great experience. Loved the school. Had lots of, you know, made lots of good friends at the school. And we left there when uh, it was about eleven or twelve, a bit older, thirteen. And um, my parents um, sent us to school in England for a a year. And then from there, we all headed out to Australia. We had a family conference, a discussion on where do we go next in the world. We couldn't live in England; it was too cold. We were used to the heat. So I remember my dad saying we've got offers in uh, Korea or South Korea, America and this place called Australia. And uh, we went and met the uh, Australian High Commissioner in London to have a chat who's told me not to worry about national service because it'll be over soon, which (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what that was about. And uh, yeah, we headed off to Australia and got out here and uh, went to school in Sydney at Carlingford. Now, just going back to the school in India, was it a dual language school? Um, yeah, predominantly, the, the predominance was English. The lessons were in English, but they also uh, taught Hindi, which is the national language. And my brother, for a number of, uh, I think for a number of lessons, did Sanskrit, which is ancient Hindi, um, for want of a better description. But um, we both ended up speaking fluent Hindi because you had to. So what... Looking back on that diverse education, uh, what are the benefits do you think you've gained out of it in later on in life? Um, that's, that's a good question, Bill. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm blind to colour, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, in growing up in a school where I was the minority and you just got on with it and enjoyed it, um, it uh, my mum tells the story that... Um, when we we moved to England and we went to school in England for a, for a year, um, I kept talking about the guy that I was mates with at school and and um, and brought him Bram one day and uh, I was into model trains in those days and so was he and um, he was actually a um, a kid whose parents came from Barbados but he was English he was born in England and I remember my mum saying to me you didn't tell us he was black. I was oblivious to that. It was he was just another kid that I knew. So if, I've learnt it's about the person and how they are and how they act, not about the colour of their skin and well, what a valuable religion. lesson that is in life, isn't it? All right. So you have arrived in Sydney. You finished off your schooling, and then you went off to uh, Sydney University. Tell yep. Us a so bit about that. Well, I, I I was heading to Sydney to uh, my aim was to become a school teacher. So my girlfriend at the time, long gone, uh, was uh, was also going to be a school teacher, and I, and she went off to Macquarie Uni. I went off to Sydney Uni. Um, my mum worked with um, handicapped children, and so I had a leaning to because I'd worked in that area on school holidays, and so I was leaning into that's where I'd like to go as a to educate, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a teacher. And um, younger folk listening might hate this but um, I was actually paid to go to uni because the government at the time I remember those days yeah. <laughs> paid us a um, I can't think of the princely sum it's probably about $50 a week uh, to, to to go along and cover your books and 
So that was quite handy. So that's why a lot of people went into education because it was to get teachers and you were paid to go. But I got through the degree and uh, I had to do my dip ed um, to then complete being a, a teacher. And I started to talk to people that were ahead of me that had gone into teaching and how much they hated it. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do another year at uni. So I applied for a um, cadetship, for want of a better term, or a graduate entry at Target Australia. And the rest is history. Well, that's right. And it's through Target that you end up in Geelong, of course. But what, besides trying to study at uni, what were your other activities? Uh, I had my first job at the time was pumping petrol at uh, a local Shell service station, which um, I really enjoyed. In fact, that's probably why I, I, I got a little bit into retailing because my my grandfather ran his own shop and that was always been in the back of my head that he, d- he did that and I enjoyed when we used to visit there. But when I was running the service station, I would get bored of a night sitting there waiting for someone to come in. So I'd relay the whole shop and and realign all the products and lay them out better and and the uh, the owner would come in the next day and say Mark was on duty last night wasn't he <laughs> but um, and that was during the years when uh, we had petrol shortages and I can remember uh, working with uh, two of us working at the service station in a queue of a hundred cars up the road and you'd walk down the queue with a sign that said last car <laughs> <laughs> and everybody looking at you and you'd put it on the back of what you deem to be the last car and note their colour and their number plate because by the time that car drove in, they'd all moved the last car sign down another 30 cars. <laughs> But you had to go home. You'd been there for 12 hours and you needed to go home and shut the service station. Well, funny that we've had a reincarnation of that recently with COVID. Remember the queues outside yep. the testing station? Unbelievable. They used to do that. They had one in La Trobe Terrace here. No, in Packingham Street, Geelong. And the guy used to walk up and do put the, the cone on the road. The cone on the road. At like, yeah. So um, you got into Target and that brought you to Geelong. But you had a, a, a career at Target that took you from... Target, Kmart and Fossies and that. So tell us a bit about the roles there. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed my time at Target and uh, I've made lots of good good friends that are still friends today from, from the Target days. Started off in the in the stores in Eastwood in Sydney, which has now been shut and gone, um, and just worked my way through the stores side of things. Uh, ended up um, as the state sales manager in New South Wales, that then led me to the national sales manager, which led to me relocating to um, Geelong, which uh, Wendy, my wife, uh, I, I rang her from Geelong and said, listen, I've been offered a job in Geelong. And she said, oh, because I was down here for a meeting. She said, well, when do you have to decide? I said, I've got till next week. So she said, all right, well, let's chat about it when you get home. And I hung up and I thought, no. And I walked into the office of the guy who'd been talking to me and said, yes, I'll take it. Hopped on the plane, came home and said, we're moving. Um, I did that because I was afraid I'd get home and I... Get talked out of it? Well, not talked out of it. Wendy would never do that, but I would start to get cold feet. Uh, And so therefore I took it. And then I've I've had a great... Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. And I've had a great career with Target. Um, have done everything from running their property and development side to running their visual merchandising to running the buying or the non-apparel side of the buying. And that then led to a great relationship with the then MD, Larry Davis. And he shifted to Kmart and he asked me if I'd go up to Kmart and there was a restructure happening at Target. So I thought, yep, I'll go. And um, 
had a good couple of years at Target, at, at Kmart. Um, in my Target years, I'd also run Fossies, which then became Target Country under under me, um, which was great, great fun. That was um, took me all over Australia. In fact, I think I've been to every town in Australia that has a population over 5,000 people, but that's another story. And then um, I decided one day when I drove up the Geelong Road to Kmart at Taronga, I can't do this anymore. This is two hours of my, the traffic was easy, two hours up, two hours back. And I just said to them, I, when you're ready to get rid of me, I'm ready to go. So they gave me a redundancy and I left because that was as West Farmers swooped in and took over Coles Mine. Well, funny enough, I was driving, uh, is it Separation Street yesterday, where that Target headquarters were. Oh, yep, yep. And boy, a lot of people used to be employed there and they're no longer there now. They're in Williams Landing. But let's jump forward because you've you have established yourself in this region and in Geelong and you're you are well known and well respected and you sit on you over the last I guess five six years you've had some various board positions particularly as a volunteer and in the charity side of things but before we get on to that you as I know it you were the CEO at Fags Mitre 10 which is a very large business well-known business in Geelong uh, you had uh, you were the interim CEO at the South Melbourne Market. Uh, you did some work with Barwon Timber, and uh, around all of that, you've also been consulting and mentoring to private business owners. Uh, but I think probably the 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 most high profile and and probably one of the most important things that you've done is that you sit on the board of the Geelong Authority. Uh, just a quick explanation to people listening. What is the Geelong Authority? So the Geelong Authority is an advisory board to the Minister for Planning and any building within the constraints of the Geelong CBD that's over 5,000 square metres or five storeys. Uh, the Minister for Planning is the approval authority and we make uh, representation to the Minister on whether we agree or disagree with that building application, planning application. Well, do you have to walk around the street with the develop, uh, looking one yeah. one eye b- behind <laughs> no. with the developers and the property guys after you? No, the, it, it's a bigger brief than that too because we also have uh, MULAP, the development of MULAP sits oh, under our, oh, that's us. Important. And we also work with the City of Geelong and the federal government through the Revitalising Central Geelong Partnership which is where um, city deal money that people would know about was put in. So things like the convention centre that started, um, the works in the green spine, all that comes in, in under our sort of remit. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a really good organisation. It, it's, it's doing a lot of good. We're very passionate. The, the group of us are chaired by Diana Taylor, who's well known when we interviewed Diana, actually. That's right. Um, we're, we're passionate about Geelong and making sure we leave a legacy that's a good legacy. And uh, it's good. It's good fun. Good. I think one of the combinations in recent times has been the start of the convention centre, yep. which is really important. But now on a changing tactic again is that you've got quite a very bored career and you're a fellow of the Australian Institute Company Directors, but you've chaired the Geelong Chamber of Commerce Board uh, as well, which uh, and the chamber now is revitalising itself. I know that, uh, but you're, you've uh, been heavily involved with some not-for-profits, particularly 
um, with the Water Coastal Board, which is sort of down the Great Ocean Road from here to Warrnambool or further, I think. Yep, so uh, my first committee member board role was with Barwon Coast and that was literally, I saw an ad in the paper Um, We were living in Ocean Grove and I thought I need to get a little bit more involved with what's going on in where I live. And so I put my hand up. Um, I realised very quickly that it was well-meaning people sitting around, but the the understanding of governance and and so on. So that led me very quickly to go and do the AICD company directors course. And then having that under my belt, that led me to uh, look at... um, working with the committee on how we should improve and it was a it's a state government appoint appointment um, I ended up being on that committee for I think nearly 12 years and chair for uh, five or six um, and and again it was it was absolutely fantastic loved it but I, there was a point where I, I realized how long how long have I been doing this time for somebody else and so I well, resigned we've and all moved on heard those lessons yeah. particularly recent in poli- recently in politics. And, and that led to the Western yeah. Coastal Board, which is the one you were talking about, right. which is that down the coast. Um, and also around about the same time or during that same period, uh, the Barman Legal Service, you were chair yep. of that? So, yep. Uh, again, I just asked to come onto the board by uh, a friend of mine saying we'd like some help with our governance. And um, before I knew it, I ended up being the last person standing and ended up as chair of Barham Community Legal Service, a brilliant organisation, providing free legal service basically to anyone, but um, predominantly for people that are, uh, you know, low socioeconomic backgrounds and do a a poultice of work about family violence, um, elder abuse, etc. And um, a great, great team of people. Good. And then that led into your most recent appointment, which has benefit Geelong? Uh, yes, so I've I've done a couple of other little committee roles, and uh, and then benefit Geelong popped up through my work with Ocean Grove Connected Communities, and that's good. That's uh, only been going just over a year. Uh, it's part. It's the Bendigo Banks uh, community giving aspect. Uh, benefit Geelong uh, works off money that uh, people tag on their accounts, saying they want to support a charity, and then the bank makes a small contribution on money that's deposited and uh, it allowed us, I think we gave away about 120000 in the last year. So it's good. good. Yeah. In addition, uh, you and I for 13 years have sat in a private group uh, where there's 12 or, 12 or 13 of us who are directors of companies and we use that breakfast meeting to share issues about being members of boards, I think, which is important. But then you took the real big leap, leap while... You, uh, at the same time, uh, Wendy was running a uh, franchise down in uh, Warren Pond Shopping Centre, but you ventured into the Ocean Grove Chalet. Quick synopsis. Quick synopsis. So, yeah, so uh, when I stepped out of Target, Wendy wanted to do something and we said, oh, let's buy a Donut King together. So the aim was we would do it together. Um, But I hadn't been there that long and I ended up going and working at Fags and, and running the Fags group for a while. Or did you get the sack? Uh, sorry? You probably got the sack, Yeah, yeah I probably. Uh, and, and so Wendy ran, ran the Donut King. But through working at Fags led me to uh, meet uh, Mark LeMate from LeMaster Builders. And long story short, we ended up uh, working together to build a motel in Ocean Grove, which we ran for just on five years and then sold it. Um, great learning, you know, getting into the whole tourism accommodation industry, uh, great network of people, 
um, and really enjoyable. But we dealt with two years of COVID in that, and uh, that was a big learning too. But yeah, good, good. But it experience. wasn't just your little country motel. You built brand new, modern, state of the art. Brand new, yeah. uh, four How story, rooms? fifteen rooms. Yeah. Um, brilliant brilliant place but um, it's still there obviously we sold it and i walk past it every day and it's still bubbling along which is great which brings us now to uh september or it's nearly october 2023 what are you doing now uh still doing uh business mentoring i i find um i i spend a lot of time talking to people and helping rather than looking at it as an income stream uh, my wife has a saying as I walk out the door, is that paid or unpaid, the trip oh, today? She's been, talk- <laughs> she's been talking to my wife. <laughs> but uh, look, I'd, I'd rather help and give back than necessarily charge. But then I've, I've got a few people that I do Can charge. Can I just stop you there for a yep. minute? Because you are, and I are in a little advisory business together <laughs> and we do charge. We do charge. I just <laughs> want to make sure that's clear. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I love sort of talking to people and trying to help them. Um, I, I think... Uh, Having a mentor is, is really important to a business and it, it's good to be able to just talk to someone. You can't tell people what to do, but you can be a sounding board and give them the opportunity to bounce things off you and you ask questions and they reach the conclusion they need to reach. And And I find, I love that. I, I think it's fantastic. Well, and previously we're both involved in the Geelong Chamber Mentoring Program and you and I are re-establishing a mentoring program for small business owners and I think it's really important and I often look back on my own business years ago and think I wish I or not I wish I was probably too stubborn uh, I should have had a board of advisors for my business yeah, ab- absolutely that's right um, so and you're currently and I was with you yesterday and 12 or so other people did the final judging of the Geelong Business Excellence Awards what's your observation of of the businesses that you've that you've judged out of all those entries, uh, the thing that that struck me is is there are businesses that you probably go past every day that you really don't think much of because you don't don't know them, and then when you go in to interview the owners and look at their business and read their application, they're superb, they're fantastic. One, I was very lucky to, uh, the, in fact, the judges yesterday said, "How who did I pay to get?" But I. I went to uh, Splatter's Cheese, 18th Amendment Bar and Mav's Greek uh, Restaurant. And three... Who, who were all finalists, who, by the way. Yeah, who are great businesses, really great businesses, but passionate about what they do. And, and um, it, yeah, I, I think some of the businesses, are, they've, they're brilliant. All of the businesses that we saw are great. Some are in their infancy and they'll, they'll become great. But uh, there are so many that, as a group, we just didn't know. And then suddenly you realise there's some really good businesses in Little Geelong that are going across the world and we don't We've only got one more day of judging to go and then we'll uh, we'll work out the finalists and it'll be a big night when they have that that award night down at uh, the Geelong Football. Is it the Geelong Football Club? Football Club, yeah. yeah. Um, So, yes, I think entering a business awards is extremely important. Okay, Mark. Um, I know that you've picked up recently some uh, interesting contracts in advising uh, people about their business. So, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, I know one way I'll put in first is we've got a uh, a website called 
smeadvisory.com.au and you'll find Mark's details on the front page of that. Yep. And your LinkedIn profile, there's a connection. And LinkedIn's the best way, I think, these days. I mean, that's where my email is sitting. That's where a message to me and I'll respond to and I I do get queries through there and I do respond to. All right. And the final thing is, unfortunately, our football team... Yes, make well, the finals. You and I and our wives have seats at the <laughs> at the Cat Stadium. In fact, we're about twenty rows, I think, behind yours. <laughs> and uh, it's the last part of the season was a bit of a disappointment, but, but we'll be back. Yeah, just well, like I, the rest of Geelong. I've decided my daughter's in Brisbane, so I'm going to support Brisbane because being a Geelong supporter, there is no way I can support Collingwood. That's so, right. and you've got a son in Perth. A son in Perth and uh, an, another son in Geelong. So. That's right. Um, well, thanks, Mark. It's been interesting. Yeah, to good chat. Be, Thank to you, Bill. The talk, and we will. I guess we'll reverse it at some time in the future. We will. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you.